Caracon Carne is sponsored by 90 Days in the 90s. It's a fiction book. It's a really entertaining fiction book, and I swear I see it everywhere these days. The idea is, what if you could go back in time, specifically to the 90s in Chicago? That's what Darby does. Darby is a record store owner, and she discovers the Gray Line in Chicago. The Gray Line takes her back in time so she can relive all that nostalgia, all that pop culture. She can see all those cool bands and all those clubs. Imagine if you could do that. I sometimes want to go back and do it. I sometimes wish I could find the gray line. Check the book out, 90 Days in the 90s. You can get it on Amazon, or you can get it through the website, 90daysinthe90s.com. It's car con carne. Let's eat in the car. It's car con carne. And welcome to Carcon Carne. I'm James Van Osdell, and it's pretty much the end of the year. And I can't believe I hadn't been doing this in previous years, but now's a good enough time to start. A year-end special, 10 memorable moments from the previous year. And before I get into those, I'll throw in a bonus. I wouldn't say it was one of the ultimate clips of the year, but it's one that still kind of makes me laugh. I had Tim Murphy from Dante's on Chicago Avenue and returning guest Dennis Buckley in the car, and we were eating Dante's Pizza in my car. How about yours, Dennis Buckley, yeah? Very good. Yeah, what do you think of the vegan cheese on that? You know what? My my real only real experience with vegan cheese um, prior to this was uh, uh, rice rice milk cheese, mm-hmm. and I'm not a fan. Yeah, it's not great. No, but this is really good. This is a palm oil-based cheese. Uh, You're no stranger to palm oil. hey <laughs> <laughs> Of course he says that, well, I got a mouthful, so I can't defend myself. All right, so let's get into it. Ten memorable moments from the previous year on Carcon Carne, carconcarne.com, Carcon Carne on YouTube, Carcon Carne on Facebook, etc. Bad Religion, I sat down with Brian Baker and the Serb, Mike Dimkich, at Riot Fest, Riot Fest 2022. This was September 17th. This was something done out of the car, obviously. Occasionally, Carcon Carne does things on location, and Riot Fest is one of those locations. Anyway, I talked to both those guys, major guitarists, and I asked them what keeps them in the game. You both still look like you're having a lot of fun on stage. You both, it's still a good time. What's the secret? What keeps what keeps this exciting? What keeps you coming back to something like Riot Fest and doing what you do? Uh, well, gratitude helps. And also, uh, like, I like doing this more than anything. And my job is out, th- yeah. out there is to do it the best I possibly can. And so that means I'm engaged with it. I'm, I'm, I'm completely immersed in what I'm doing. And like, I'm, I'm moving around because the music moves me. And I'm smiling because I love it. I mean, it's not like there's really nothing contrived about it. And I'm just, uh, you know, you're just seeing what happens. And I'm, I'm so proud that, uh, that somebody cares. I'm glad somebody's watching. Mike, is it the same thing for you? Yeah, and I, it's kind of, this festival might not be the same, but like when we do these European festivals, sometimes you'll be playing with like a German heavy metal band or, or like a like a rock band. I think we did one with Foreigner once. And I mean, I'll admit, I kind of like to go up there and be like, hey, heavy metal guys, check out the two punk rock guitar players yeah. who, who aren't too shabby. At the beginning of 2022, I launched into episode 700 
milestone events. I mean, just hit episode 800. 700 was a big deal, though. It felt massive. So to commemorate episode 700, I invited a bunch of former radio colleagues. Now, for those who don't know, I worked in Chicago radio for a very long time across a variety of radio stations. Most notably, I think, was Q101, the alternative station, the OG version of Q101. And to talk about radio and just life in general, I invited as many former on-air colleagues as I could onto the show, which ran live. And the people who checked in were Chris Payne, Alan Cox, Alex Quigley, Haima Black, Jen Jameson, Al Roker Jr., Abe Cannon, DJ Love Cheese, Grant Random, Bill Leff, Wendy Snyder, Steve Fisher, Brooke Hunter, and Lance Tosser. It was fun. It lasted for, I think, just about three hours. Again, totally live. People peeled on or came on and peeled off throughout the process. And in this clip from episode 700, back in January, Wendy Snyder, Bill Leff, and Steve Fisher were on screen. And then you'll see Lance and Brooke pop on on the end. And I talked to Bill and Wendy in particular about when they started on Q101, doing Morning Drive, coming from the loop. That was a period when there was major backlash from the alternative community, the independent community, the underground community against corporate radio. Bill, I will tell you, at Aldi this week, they have Cheesecake Factory cups that are like pudding cups. and They have little mix-ins, so I have the creme brulee. Delightful. You'd love it. Oh, I got to go. Bye, guys. Happy 700. <laughs> uh, Wendy, I, interestingly, the first person tonight to be drinking a beer on camera. I'm drinking NA right now, but uh, with all the radio people I've talked to, I'm surprised that you're the first person conspicuously drinking. I thought I would be amongst company, but, you know, oh, no, no one's doing it. What are you drinking, Fisher? That's pr it's product placement, JBO. It is uh, Revolution Anti-Hero. That's what I thought. It's my go-to. Go local. Here's to you. I'm not a beer Stop. snob, so I'm just drinking Miller Lite, but that's okay. <laughs> I, I got to tell you, Wendy, you seem like a Miller Lite kind of person. Like a no I take that as a slam, and I appreciate not it. Not at all. Not at all. Like, <laughs> but that, that's kind of your persona on the air. You're like the, the no bullshit Chicago person, like transparent, no, no putting on airs or any of that stuff. I have no airs to put. I really don't. I, what you see is what you get. And to know me is to hate me pretty much. And Peter Pan's <laughs> drinking a green river. Having a green river. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Tasty. Awesome. Uh, Bill Leff and Wendy Snyder, when you started at Q101, it was a weird time. Uh, you came in, I think you replaced Lance and Stoli. Is that correct? Yeah. We replaced Stoli. <laughs> <laughs> Lance wouldn't leave. They couldn't get Lance to leave, so it was uh, Lance and Wendy and me. Uh, so what was that like? We, we, you know, to hear you say it back in the day, it was kind of a square peg, round hole, but was it really? Wendy, go ahead. At the beginning, it was. I mean, we came from the loop, and the loop is where everybody wanted to work. It was morning shows all day long, and we were lucky enough to have a job, right? Like you said, you'd just be thankful you have a job. We were. It was great. It was an opportunity to do mornings and we took it. And I, I would say, yeah, at the beginning, we did feel out of place. But um, Bill, you can speak for yourself. But there were times where Bill would go, I actually kind of like this song. You know, at the very beginning, they had us introduce a band uh, at a festival in Grant Park. We had been oh. there a week. And they booed us like they go, ladies and gentlemen, wet like they got to the W and Wendy and Bill, ladies and gentlemen, wet like that. And the crowd just started booing like crazy. And I it said, wasn't just you. It wasn't just you. 
I mean, Fisher, I mean, how, how many shows? I mean, that was just uh, the thing. I mean, back in the day, in what? the 90s, it, representing the alternative station, you were the enemy. You were, yeah. you, know, you were a middle finger to the underground. So, I mean, I, yeah. I remember plenty of shows like taking flaming lips, taking cups of beer to the head. Fisher, really? I'm sure you would, oh, my God. Yeah. Fisher, I'm sure that happened to you. Yeah. Especially at Metro or at the Aragon. And so. <laughs> Oh my god. And it's but it's true. And I think, you know, because alternative was an alternative anymore. And if you're playing no doubt, you know, five times every other hour, thanks to the BG rotation, you know, people get they get sick of that. They're like, why are you bastardizing the music that I love and that I don't want anybody else to share with me? This is my baby. And so I think that's really what happened is it it really wasn't alternative anymore. And we were just playing new music. And I think that's the that's the challenge is how do you stay hip, cool, and relevant relevant, I should say. When everybody already knows, you know, the secrets out of the bag. In April of this year, I met up with Liv Warfield of Prince's NPG. We met at Haymarket in the West Loop. I love Haymarket. The food is great. The beer obviously is amazing. And we talked about Prince and we talked about Liv performing at the Prince Memorial concert. And I was there to celebrate my brother, my master teacher, my mentor. Um, yeah, I was just there to celebrate him, not mourn him in any yeah. way. Um, but just to really celebrate him and the love was in the building and that's really all I wanted. Like I wanted to do a show that if he was sitting in the back, like he would enjoy, like I think that he would have loved, you know, so. Yeah. I, I, now I can't imagine the, the amount of emotions you may have had. Of course. Heading into last week and yeah. even walking on stage. Oh. I mean, I'm sure that was deeply emotional. It was. It was. I think I finally have had time. Before, I didn't have a lot of time to really, like, be okay with it. Mm -hmm. And now, I'm not really okay with that. I'm more like just peace. You know, I couldn't hear his voice for a long time. But when I walked inside Paisley Park, this time was calm. This time was different. This time I knew in my mind, trust me now, I was nervous. I was. I, I'm sure. I was nervous. I was just overwhelmed. But when we hit the stage and the lights came on, when I laid those roses down at the very front, I was okay. I was good after that. Well, while I'm on the topic of Haymarket, I did my first ever, for this podcast, my first ever political interview this year. And that's not necessarily a world I want to get into. It's, it's toxic. It's creepy. It's kind of awful. Uh, but I was curious to do this one. Paul Vallis, who's running for mayor of Chicago, the Chicago mayoral race comes to a close with the election on February 28th of 2023. And I had the opportunity to talk to Paul Vallis and we talked about all the issue stuff, all the political stuff, but most importantly, we talked about Chicago pizza. There are so many different pizzas in Chicago. I though am a deep dish pizza guy. Okay. You know, the type where you can like two pieces and you can't have any more. Well, says you. No, no, no. <laughs> but I'm, I'm, and, and I'm a crust guy. I love crust. I love great crust. So this is really good crust here. So anyway, but thank you. Thank that, you that's, for dinner. That's, that's the important, important question mm -hmm. of the night. That's, you know, when voters are, are heading to the polls, how does Paul Vallis like his pizza? That's what they're going to be asking themselves. Deep dish. I started this episode, this retrospective, talking about Chicago in the 90s. And the Chicago 90s music scene was kickstarted in the early 90s thanks to the Smashing Pumpkins, Liz Fair, and Urge Overkill. Urge Overkill, when they debuted with that album, Saturation, the major label debut, Saturation, just turned so many heads. It was this big, muscular, classic rock-influenced album. 
huge hooks, sardonic lyrics, fantastic band. The album that followed that, Exit the Dragon, was a commercial disappointment. But for a lot of Urge fans, it was the watershed moment for the band, the, the high watermark for the band. I don't know if I have any other water metaphors. It was a really good album. So at the beginning of the year, back on January 6th, 2022, I had Eddie King Roser jump in the car with me. We met at a Bono Beef in the north suburbs. And it was right before Urge released their long overdue latest album, We. And we talked about Exit the Dragon. Exit the Dragon was the, the record we wanted to make. And maybe America wasn't ready for it yet. The, the, the label really was hoping for another good time romp. Uh, all the a saturation mm -hmm. and they were sort of shocked our best friends in the in the industry our fans our big our biggest fans uh were sort of like i remember uh you know the the drummer from the smashing pumpkins was like you fucking idiots why didn't you just do you guys didn't do saturation too you'd be fucking <laughs> sitting pretty right now what the fuck were you thinking it's like dude, we do what we do, you know, I'm sorry. And uh, people were baffled, but I appreciate that because I think it was the document we needed to make, mm -hmm. not to be overdramatic, but, uh, you know, we, we weren't, we're not a careerist band, you know. Right. Regrettably, I didn't have many opportunities to feature bands performing in the car this year. It's always something I think is kind of nuts and fun and cool. I did have one band do it, and they killed it. Take the Reins met me in Brookfield. This was June 22nd for episode 747. We met at Taco Stop in Brookfield, and after we did an interview about them, their then-recent release, I'm at your door, they busted out the acoustic guitar and played left of center in my car right there on the street. Okay, we are still on Ogden Avenue. We're in front of the now long-closed taco stop. I'm in the back seat to make room for a live performance done in the front seat of the car. Courtney from Take the Reins, where are you going to play? We are going to play Left of Center off of our new album, I'm at Your Door, which just came out today. Yay. Waking up at night to think out loud in the dark When the coast is clear and we are who we are and What if I could change? Would I want to stay the same? Days turn to nights, I hide in the sheets Ticking of the clock, laughing at me I can't help feel like I'm here on borrowed time and I'm a little left to center in my right brain In these fleeting moments when I feel sane Waiting on the crash to come down from this high How long will I let ignorance get in the way If right here and now is my someday I don't want to be the one who lets it pass me by 
So I mentioned episode 700 earlier in this highlights episode. Radio is still part of my history, and I still keep in touch with a lot of people who I worked with on the air and off the air and behind the scenes. And one of my favorite episodes of the year involved reconnecting with Kevin Kellum, who I worked with at 101 WKQX. I worked with him uh, for a few years there, and we met on November 2nd. And Kevin is notorious for many things. He's a stand-up comic, a very funny guy. That's one of the things he's known for. He's also known for never being on time. Here's the beauty of Kevin Kellum. I I knew, I knew heading into tonight that there was... (laughs) That I would be late. (laughs) There was no way on God's green earth. Now, here's the thing about me. I'm always early. Okay, yes. It is a sickness of mine. But it's, it's, it's my sickness. I own it. I'm always early. And I knew pulling up, I knew getting this plum spot in front of Red Hot Ranch on Armitage <laughs> that I would just be cooling my heels. In fact, I cooled my heels so much that I already ate a hot dog because I got tired of waiting. <laughs> I don't blame you for it. I don't blame you for it. But yeah. here's the best part. So you're you're running a little bit behind. Mm-hmm. I, what, what time is it now? It's uh, I'll publish it. Let's say you're, you're 20 minutes late. Okay. Um, I'm sitting here waiting. 
I see you. You got dropped off actually nowhere near the so restaurant. There's a Red Hot Ranch on uh, Western. Right. And the guy who drops me off, there was a bit of a speaking thing, and I and he got me back to the intersection. I didn't want to. At that point, it was just confusing for. I was like, no, no, it's okay, it's okay. It's I, okay. I'm just I'm sitting here in my car and I'm looking and I'm like. Why the fuck is Kevin all the way over there and he's coming toward me? And then Kevin runs right past the car. Because I'm going to the parking lot. I'm thinking it's right in the parking lot. I said it was parked in front of the restaurant. True, true. But I'm immediately like, I'm drawn to the smell. I'm drawn to it. Like like a a squirrel to a nut. So to be clear, I'm sitting here in my Mazda 3 on Armitage. I've got a ring light. Mm -hmm. I need to find a better place for this. That's not the point. I've got a ring light. I've got dome lights on. There are microphones standing up. I just watch Kevin run by and then I see him kind of like... Walk in a circle, yeah. Oh, my God. And then I'm like, well, surely he's going to notice the car with the ring lights and the microphones. And then I go the opposite direction on Armitage. And then then Kevin calls, and I I said something like, are you fucking kidding me to myself? (laughs) And then I thought you had butt-dialed me because you didn't answer right away. Okay. No, I had a Bluetooth on. I had the Bluetooth head speakers on. I'm never never good with that. And then Kevin's like... Are you here? I'm at the Red Hot Ranch on Armitage. Because like, I, I, I was worried then. I was like, oh, is, do they do they have a second location? And I'm like, like not I'm only like, am oh, I here, I'm, I'm oh. looking at you make this phone call. Yes. I'm watching you in my rear view you're, mirror. You're looking actively at me act like the dumbest animal in the zoo. <laughs> you know? And that's the hook. The dumbest animal in the, the zoo. Dumbest, my my the guest. Dumbest animal I'm Carcon Carne. <laughs> Every year, heading into Halloween, I love visiting the haunted houses in the city and suburbs. Super fun. I love doing episodes at the haunted houses, and I did a couple this year. This clip comes from the old Joliet Haunted Prison, which was at, uh, which is at 401 Woodruff in Joliet. I met James the Boneless, James Farber and Patrick McDermott of the band James the Boneless, and I learned all about why James the Boneless is called James the Boneless. He basically has no bones in his arms, and it's all all because of heroin addiction. Consider this one a cautionary tale. All right, so James the Boneless, before I I got to know you or knew more about you, I thought, oh, interesting name. I wonder what that's all about. You're James the Boneless because you're James without bones. I'm actually missing bones in both of my arms. Um, Here, wait, I have a visual just so you get a, you know. it's, It's hard to explain without seeing inside of my arm and obviously we're not going to do that so that is my left arm where about two-thirds of the radius is missing and a little chunk of the ulna so it's not actually connected and the only way it's still rigid is with this uh, brace wow yeah and then even this one the same Wow! Missing two-thirds of the radius, but at least the ulna's still intact on this arm. Well, I'm sorry, I, I, I realize my face must must not look Oh, kind. I get this every day, all day. I, okay, I don't so want to make you uncomfortable. I, no, I used to be uncomfortable. I used to not want to talk about it. Oh, you can keep that. Keepsake souvenir. I got a whole bunch of treats in my treat bag for you. Yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> um, so, I used to ne- always hide my arms and sleeves. Uh, I would never talk about it. People would ask me, oh, because you can't hide this. You right. Know? This I've, one. I've known you for like 15 years, and I probably, the first time I saw his arms was maybe a year ago. Wow. Yeah. He, he, he hit it well. Yeah. So I, I guess let's talk about, all I know is the top level, top level information. Yeah. Your bones disintegrated because of chemical dependency. 
IV drug use. IV drug use. I was hooked on heroin for like 15 plus years. Jesus. Yeah. So, in trying to stay semi-hygienic and clean, I was only shooting in the tops of both of my arms. Um, But that doesn't work for, you know, for very long. Your veins disappear. Your arteries even disappear. You know, any, like, direct source of blood disappears. So, when that happens then addicts go to muscle. Yeah. And then the muscle, once you shoot in a muscle, that deteriorates the muscle. And then it started, it was just a big open wound. You can see that. That's all scar tissue. And that's where it was completely open. And I, 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 I got to say, James, yeah. you're kind of Halloween adjacent. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I am. I, I think this is a very appropriate setting to, to go over this. I love comics. I love graphic novels. And it was really exciting to have an opportunity to talk to Bill Sienkiewicz. Bill is an Eisner Award winning artist. He's won Emmys on multiple occasions. You've seen his work in the 2006 Winter Olympics, ad campaigns for Nike, MTV, and Nissan, magazines like Entertainment Weekly. He's been featured in galleries all over Europe. In short, he's a big deal. And we talked before he came to town for a signing at a museum exhibit of his work at the Dunn Museum. And in this clip, we talked about Bill's 100% unique style and approach. And at the end of the day, it's almost a musical approach. Like I, I want to be a master or as much of a master of all media because I sort of feel like it's like a linguistic thing. Being able to communicate by knowing many languages or certainly knowing in some respect how to, how to put a sentence or a way to communicate together to be better understood, I look at different you know eras of art and different different knowledges and and uh, different disciplines as a way to facilitate that to be able to communicate better so i realized that drawing for me is is sort of the mechanics of it it's uh but um that, that's sort of like the barest minimum of what is necessary to be able to have draw something to look like what it's supposed to be oh that's a car that's that person or that that's you know whatever and um but to draw a a dilapidated building using a ruler or a draw you know or drawing it with a, a piece of burnt charcoal and drawing crooked you know crooked lines and r- a roughing in a brick pattern or whatever one is a, a an illustration of and the other one is sort of like trying to emotionally capture the feeling of what a dilapidated rundown building might look like and it had and it may have no straight lines whatsoever because it feel it might feel mm-hmm. old so that's that's sort of what uh it's more of a jazz approach i suppose that's a great way to describe it all right one more clip as i look back on 2022 this one is with returning guest scott lucas of local age who's been on the show a bunch I'm such a fan of this guy. I, I enjoy him to no end. His music, I, I've said this to him, I'll say it to you right now. His songwriting keeps getting better and better through the years. It, it's almost defiant of what the odds would tell you. Uh, his songwriting is just so good, and it's always exciting to talk to him. And in this clip from March, it was episode 714, we met at the Wiener Circle in Lakeview in Chicago. And uh, he had a Chardog, or no, he had a Beyond Burger. He's, he's a vegetarian. He had a Beyond Burger. I had the Char Dog. He had a Budweiser. Uh, and we met at the Relish Room 
at the Wiener Circle, which is like their new party room, which seems weird. But anyway, Scott Lucas of Local Age. I was driving back. I was visiting family in Kenosha, Wisconsin yesterday. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want to take the toll road. I didn't want to take 41. I'm like, I'll just take Green Bay for a while. So as I'm driving down Green Bay. You know where this is going. Uh-huh, you do. I didn't realize where this is going when I was driving down Green Bay. I stopped to get gas. I didn't fill up my tank because I don't know what kind of money you think I make, but I couldn't do that. Right. And as I'm filling up the tank, I look across the street and I see Fritz's Corner. Yeah. And then everything clicked. I guess I never thought about where that name came from. It's just that's always been a local age song. Didn't realize it was a brick and mortar place. Right. right. I, I, I feel silly bringing this up now, 25 years later. Yeah. But it was it was a revelation. It's it, a place. It's a, a real place. A little dive corner. Uh, yeah, it's a real place that doesn't know how to doesn't know how to punctuate correctly. Yeah. And I, I thought I'm going to take a picture of this. Yeah. And then I realized there were too many trucks going by too fast that I couldn't. <laughs> then I wondered how many other like local H nerds drive by there and take their picture by Fritz's Corner. They all do. They all do, and the, and the, uh, the the Zion Water Tower isn't too far from there either. So they do that as well. God bless them. I and I, I hope you know. Every time they go into Fritz's, they explain why they're there, and you know, I I think the people that own the place know. I mean, I've been in there a few times, and they've always been super nice and talk about people that come in there. So there you have it. Ten clips from the previous year, twenty twenty two, on Carcon Carne. Thank you for listening and or watching this year, previous years, whenever. I really appreciate it. If you like what you hear or see, please tell a friend. This is 100% independent. It's just me doing this. So if you like what you see or hear, please tell a friend. Please share. Uh, share the episode. Share the content. It really helps Carcoon Carney go a long way. Like I said, it's the end of the year. 2022 is a wrap, which means holidays are here. I hope you, family, friends, have a wonderful holiday season. I hope you have a spectacular new year. And I'll keep doing this. I'll be here throughout. Thanks.